the Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to This Week in Royal History, where we're exploring the world outside the Tudors with royal history highlights from a variety of centuries. This week, the week of October 16th through the 22nd. This week marks the 584th death remembrance of Anne of Gloucester, Countess of Stafford, in 1438. Here's a little information on Anne. Anne was born on the 30th of April, 1383, to Thomas of Woodstock, 1st Duke of Gloucester, and Eleanor de Bowen. Her father was the youngest son of Edward III of England and Philippa of Hainault. And, through her mother, she was also a descendant of Edward I of England. Around 1390, Anne married Thomas Stafford, 3rd Earl of Stafford. However, he died after only two years of marriage and they had no children. Around 1390, Anne married Thomas Stafford, 3rd Earl of Stafford. However, he died only two years after their marriage, and they had no children. She then married his younger brother, Edmund Stafford, 5th Earl of Stafford, in 1398. And together they had three children, although their youngest daughter did survive to adulthood. In 1400, Anne became the sole heiress to the lands and titles of her family after the deaths of her brother and sister. Another sister had become a nun. She was then recognized as Countess of Buckingham, Hereford, and Northampton, but used the title Countess of Stafford only. Edmund died in 1403, and Anne married for a third time to William Boucher, first Count of U. In 1405, Anne and William had five children to live to adulthood. Anne died on the 16th of October, 1438, at the age of 55. Her eldest son, Humphrey Stafford, then became the first Duke of Buckingham. Interesting fact, Anne's grandson, Sir Henry Stafford, was the third husband to Lady Margaret Beaufort, mother to Henry VII of England. Monday, October 17th, marks the 169th birthday of Maria Alexandrovna Romanov. On the 17th of October in 1853, Maria Alexandrovna Romanov was born to Tsar Alexander Nicholas of Russia and Maria Alexandrovna, born Maria of Hesse and by Ryan, at the Alexander Palace in St. Petersburg. She was their only surviving daughter and one of eight children. Her elder sister died before she was born. Maria spent her childhood with her family, traveling between palaces throughout the seasons. She was educated by an English nanny and grew up speaking fluent English and Russian, as well as learning German and French. As the only girl amongst her brothers, she became a tomboy with a strong, independent character Maria was a favorite of her father's and received a great dowry when she married. On the 23rd of January, 1874, Maria married Alfred, Duke of Edinburgh, and second eldest son of Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom, at the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg. They met six years earlier in England, but both families were against the match. They had two separate marriage services, one Roman Orthodox 
and one through the Church of England. They would go on to have five children. Once in England, Maria was expected to give precedence to the Princess of Wales, whom she did not believe should be above her. As a Grand Duchess and the only daughter of the Tsar, she was styled Imperial Highness in Russia, but simply Royal Highness in England. Her father declared that she would still be known as Her Imperial Highness in all other countries. Maria traveled back and forth between England and Russia many times. In 1880, for her father's 25th anniversary of being Tsar and her mother's death, and in 1881, for her father's funeral after his assassination, and in 1883, for the coronation of her brother, Tsar Alexander III. In 1893, she became Duchess of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha when her husband took over the duchy at the death of his childless uncle. In 1899, her only son died, tragically, at the age of 24. And in 1900, her husband died of throat cancer. The duchy went to Alfred's nephew, and Maria became a widow at 46 years old. She spent her time at the Palace of Coburg. However, at the outbreak of World War I, she moved to Bavaria to avoid conflict with her Russian heritage. After the war, she lived in Switzerland and lost most of her fortune as it was held in a Russian trust, which ceased to exist after the revolution. She was forced to sell her magnificent jewelry collection to make ends meet. Maria died on the 25th of October, 1920, of a heart attack. She was the only child of Tsar Alexander II to survive the revolution. She was buried at the Ducal Mausoleum of Friedhof am Glachenberg in Coburg beside her husband and their son. This week in royal history, Margaret Tudor, the Queen of Scotland, died in 1541. But you'll know her best as the older sister of King Henry VIII. Margaret was born on the 28th of November, 1489, to Henry VII of England and Elizabeth of York at Westminster Palace in London. She was their second child and eldest daughter, named for her paternal grandmother, Margaret Beaufort. From age six, Margaret was to be bride for James IV of Scotland, a step towards peace between the two kingdoms. The marriage took place by proxy in January 1503, and Margaret began the journey north to Scotland in June. Finally, in Scotland, their marriage was celebrated in person on the 8th of August, 1503. Margaret and James had six children together, though only one son would live to adulthood. In 1513, James invaded England, who had declared war on their ally, France. James was killed during the Battle of Flodden, and Margaret was named regent for their infant son James V if she did not remarry. Many nobles wanted John Stuart, 2nd Duke of Albany, to become regent. Born and raised in France, he was a much better prospect than the English sister of Scotland's enemy. In August 1514, Margaret married Archibald Douglas, 6th Earl of Angus, and was forced to give power to Albany per the late king's will. By 1515, Margaret, pregnant with her daughter by Douglas, fled to England in the safety of her brother, Henry VIII's court, 
leaving behind her two sons in Scotland. Douglas also stayed in Scotland, and when Margaret finally returned north in 1517, she became estranged from Douglas, who was living with a former lover while she was gone. She then sided against him with Albany. Margaret was granted an annulment from Douglas in 1527 and married for a third time to Henry Stuart in 1528. After the marriage, James V created him Lord Methven. Margaret died on the 18th of October, 1541, at the age of 51, at Methven Castle, and was buried at the Perth Charter House. It was through Margaret that her great-grandson, James VI and I of Scotland, England, and Ireland, was able to unite the two kingdoms under one monarch. Also this week in royal history in the year 1469, Ferdinand II of Aragon married Isabella I of Castile. On the 19th of October, 1469, Ferdinand II of Aragon and Isabella I of Castile were married in Castile. Ferdinand and Isabella would become known as the Catholic monarchs, and they had seven children, including Joanna, Queen of Castile, Maria, Queen Consort of Portugal, and Catherine, Queen Consort of England, as the first wife of Henry VIII. It is through their marriage that the unification of Spain began, and Spain was elevated to a dominant world power. This week in 1740 marks the death of Charles VI, Holy Roman Emperor. Karl, Franz, Joseph, Wenzel, Bathasar, Johann, Anton, Ignaz, that's a lot of names, was born on the 1st of October, 1685, at Hofburg Palace in Vienna to Leopold I, Holy Roman Emperor, and Eleanor Magdalene of Newburg. He was his father's second son. In 1700, Charles II of Spain died without an heir, and Charles declared himself King of Spain, as they were both members of the Habsburg family. France also claimed the throne for Philip, Duke of Anjou, and grandson of Louis XIV, his claim coming through his grandmother, Maria Theresa. The War of Spanish Succession followed and lasted for 13 years. In 1711, Joseph I, Holy Roman Emperor and elder brother of Charles, died, and he became Charles VI, Holy Roman Emperor. Charles had to leave Spain to assume the throne in Vienna, and two years later, in 1713, Philip V was recognized as rightful king of Spain. Charles did not go home empty-handed, though. He gained the Kingdom of Naples, Duchy of Milan, Austrian Netherlands, and the Kingdom of Sardinia, which were given to Austria by Spain. In 1708, Charles married Elizabeth Christine of Brunswick Wolfenbüttel, and they had four children though only two daughters would survive to adulthood. In 1713, as the only direct heir to the Habsburg possessions, Charles passed the Pragmatic Sanction, which abolished the male-only succession rule for all Habsburg territories. He also disinherited the daughters of his elder brother in 1717 to allow for an easy succession of his daughter, Maria Theresa. His reign was tormented with wars, which threw Austria into debt. 
Charles died on this day in 1740 at the age of 55 after a hunting trip. This week also marks the birth of George Plantagenet, future Duke of Clarence, in 1449. George Plantagenet was born on the 21st of October, 1449, to Richard, their Duke of York, and Cecily Neville. He was their third son and six out of seven children. At the time of his birth, his father was attempting to challenge Henry VI of England for the throne. When his father's eldest brother died in 1460, his second eldest brother took up the claim and defeated Henry VI's forces at the Battle of Taunton and deposed the king, becoming Edward IV of England. George was made Duke of Clarence that same year. In 1469, he married Isabel Neville, the daughter of Richard Neville, 16th Earl of Warwick, and was known as the Kingmaker. They had four children, but only two would survive to adulthood. In 1407, George and Warwick flipped sides for the Lancastrians and fled to France to join Margaret of Anjou, wife of Henry VI, who was imprisoned in the Tower of London. After realizing he would not get what he was promised by the Lancaster side, George went back to England and was restored to honor in 1471. Isabel died in 1476, and George was convinced that she had been poisoned. His mental health never recovered after her death and led him to take part in another rebellion against his brother. He was imprisoned in the tower and put on trial for treason. George was found guilty and executed at the tower on the 18th of February, 1478, at the age of 28. He was buried at Tewkesbury Abbey next to his wife. His son, Edward Plantagenet, was executed in 1499 by Henry VII, and his daughter, Margaret Pole, was executed in 1541 by Henry VIII. And to round up this week in royal history... This week in 1701 marked the birth of Maria Amalia, Archduchess of Austria, future Holy Roman Empress. On the 22nd of October 1701, Maria Amalia, Josepha Anna, was born to Joseph I, Holy Roman Emperor, and Wilhelmine Amalia of Brunswick-Lunenburg at the Hofburg Palace in Vienna. She was born just weeks after the death of her brother, who died at less than a year old. Her father died of smallpox when she was nine and was succeeded by her uncle, Charles VI. Charles disinherited Maria Amalia and her elder sister, Maria Josepha, from the line of succession to the Holy Roman Empire and instead put his own daughter as his heir. The sisters were not allowed to marry until they renounced their rights to the Austrian succession. On the 5th of October, 1722, Maria Amalia married Prince-Elector Charles Albert of Bavaria in Vienna. Celebrations in Munich for the marriage lasted for three weeks. They had seven children, though not all lived to adulthood. The Bavarian court became a center for culture with Maria Amalia and Charles as they enjoyed a happy marriage, although Charles was very unfaithful. In 1740, Charles claimed the Habsburg lands through his marriage, even though Maria Amalia had renounced her succession rights. In 1742, Maria Amalia became Holy Roman Empress upon the ascension of her husband, 
Charles died in 1745, and her cousin, Maria Theresa, took over the Habsburg titles. Maria Amalia resided at her palace in Munich and died on the 11th of December, 1756. And that concludes this week in royal history. I hope this gives you a little bit of curiosity to want to dig a little bit deeper into other time periods. Until next week, I'm Rebecca Larson. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty. Dynasty. 